You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Brian Austin Green. I'm Shauna Burgess. And I'm Randy Spelling. And you are listening to Oldish, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hi everybody. Hi you two. Hi. Hey. Welcome to another episode of Oldish. We are here. We have an unbelievable guest. Randy, I would assume that you are super excited about this because of the three of us, you are the absolute like health nut. Your videos that you post every day are like, oh, I just finished my jog or this is me eating a banana or here is, you know, I've been doing sit-ups for six hours. Like you are the, you're that guy. So I can only imagine how excited you are uh, by the guests that we have today. I I just, baby, I just wonder sometimes if people take you seriously. I've been doing (laughs) sit-ups for six hours. Like, do people understand your sarcasm? Well, first off, I hope they don't take me seriously. I hope that the people that listen to this understand my sense of humor. And if they don't, they will. I kind of wish I had six hours to do sit-ups and push-ups. I bet you do. Oh, my gosh. I bet you do. So so this guy, I remember looking back on the date, because I'm terrible with dates. I was trying to put it all together. I think it's somewhere... Somewhere in like the two thousands, right? That that he was he he had this P ninety X video out that was just insane for me. Videos, more than one video. So it was a program. So you would get says how much about you actually like did. Well, no, you would get a you get a booklet like a DVD (laughs) booklet, and you would unfold it, and it was like eight DVDs or nine DVDs, like it was a whole thing, and. There was also um, a meal plan to it. There was an eating guide. There was there were notes that you were supposed to be taking. It was a whole way of changing your life during a 90-day period. I didn't do it because I, I don't know. It just seemed too daunting at the time. But I know one a of bunch the many of people, people did. One of the many people that bought it looked at it and said, mm, no, thank you. But you know <laughs> what? There were a lot of people that bought it. It was a revolutionary workout routine. It was, it was a whole new way of living living life. Yeah. I think it was the most successful fitness program in America, right? I mean, it was just huge. huge. So our guest today, he's a motivational speaker, author of top-selling books, Bring It, 
Crush It and The Big Picture. He's appeared on countless television programs. None other than Tony Horton. Dude, thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. It's yeah, so great I having you here. I got off the hill. This is me. I got off the hill. Hey, this is this, this is, is great. all of us. So it's yeah. it, it, I love is it absolutely fits right in. Well, let's jump in. Can we start with P90X? Is that okay? <laughs> what is this? Yeah, I think everyone has a P90X. I store. bought P90X. <laughs> Massive like DVD fold out folder eating plan, life changing plan, whole thing. I was so overwhelmed. I literally put it down and I just never even <laughs> attempted it. Never, it went in the too hot like, basket. I saw and, it and I went, oh my God, what what, what was I thinking? I wonder like, how many people got a few days in and then said, uh, no. Day one, check back 24 sets. Day two, plyo. Day three, on a shelf. Ball. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, dude. I I mean, that that course was so like hardcore Navy SEAL like alpha just, male, let's like go. all encompassing, like yeah, total like total alpha male, which I just didn't have any of. Like I worked out to be fit, but I didn't work out to like be able to pick up my house and move it to a different <laughs> lot if I wanted to, you know, for the view. Which I've done with this place three or four times. <laughs> have you? Yeah. Right. I believe you. I believe it's, you. You bought those straps at Home Depot. So, oh yeah. So it doesn't hurt your back. Me and two other dudes, we just drag it to the next next lot. <laughs> totally. Totally. So let's start. Be, even before that, you were up at 20th Century. Am I wrong? I or am I? A PA over at Fox. Yeah, on, on Pico. And at that know. point, okay. So in Los Angeles, so on, on Pico. At that point, were you heavy into working out or were, was it kind of like a, a, just sort of a hobby that you were into? I was starting to because I had an agent. I wanted to be an actor and a comic. I, I tried stand-up for a couple of years. I was with Second City LA mm. for a year. I do a fantastic Columbo. That's all I ever hear. That's good. You're all Anyway, um, so yeah, that was my main goal. And the cool thing about the gig was I was, I was a, a PA for a guy by the name of Harlan Goodman who used to be in the music business. And then he wanted to make movies with Julia Phillips and her and her former husband uh, did Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Taxi Driver and uh, and The Sting with Robert Redford. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, man, I'm working for these really cool people. And they're letting me go off on my auditions as long as I fed the, co the cat and delivered the scripts and made the coffee and whatever, right. folded, whatever they had me yeah. to do, either on the lot or back at her house. And um, and but I, I had an agent and the agent goes, look, dude, you're not if you really want to work in this town, you got to get a little bit fitter than you are. And I wasn't overweight or anything, but I had a little belly, I had skinny arms. It wasn't a great look. And um, so I just fell in love with the whole culture in California. It didn't exist on the East Coast. You were forced to exercise if you played on a sport in high school or college. Everybody else was just, you know, drinking beer and smoking weed and eating right. double cheese youngest, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I mean, I played basketball ball poorly. I played football. I was on the football team. I was a tackling dummy really more than anything. <laughs> and I was a skier, but a terrible skier back then. I just you know, whatever I was, but I didn't know how to train to be better at these things. And then I moved to LA and I get this gig and now I'm, I'm, I'm joined not one gym at four at one point. I was a member of four different gyms. I would go to world gym and there's Lou Ferrigno and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I'm just sitting there with a pad Jesus. going 47 sets of chest. Seems extreme, but screw it. That's what wow, you're Yeah. If I want a chest, this is what I do. But I had a friend who was a track athlete. I would go to yoga because I wanted to meet women and, uh, <laughs> and whatever I, I just, I, and I got hey. bored. Yeah. So I was trying to avoid the boredom, the injuries and the plateaus that come from doing just the elliptical or just running or just bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. And I'd love that variety. And that was, those were the early days of, 
this is before P90X. I mean, I was, I wasn't even training all those celebrities yet. I mean, it was Harlan Goodman that introduced me to Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So how did you go from, you know, working at 20th Century Fox, starting to get into the gym to P90X shape and bringing this out to the world? Well, you know, I mean, like I said, I just I just went from slightly out of shape to pretty good shape because I fell in love with that whole the whole philosophy, the whole culture of that sort of a thing. And then, you know, um, when Harlan and Julia couldn't make any movies, they just, you know, Julia was pretty pretty crazy gal. And then Harlan kind of left and I had a couple other clients. So I was training Harlan on the side while I was, he was my boss and I was training him on the side because he was noticing my transformation, you know, from the mm. course of the day he hired me to about four or five months into the gig. All that happened at the same time. I get hired by them. My agent says, get in shape. I started getting in shape. Harlan, so I'm like, well, what's happening to you in the last four months? So I said, oh. so he and I, uh, went to a mutual friend's garage and started working out. And I had him for three days a week. I told him what to eat, even though I wasn't a nutritionist or a, or I just said, Hey, look, man, you got to get off the burgers and the pizza and you got to get, eat some vegetables. And it was common sense to me. And so, you know, so he's lost 40 pounds and uh, I'm still working for him. I'm still doing, I'm a go-go dancer at Chippendales. I'm making furniture. Um, I'm going to Vegas with a busload of other actors. We've all been go-go dancers that's at Chippendales the- <laughs> at some point, haven't we? I mean, I think that's we kind all, of like, really that seems to be the launch pad for everyone. That's that's how Randy and I met. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had, I had no stints there. I, I feel left out. <laughs> It sounds like a, a typical LA hustle for a lot of kids, like a lot of people yeah. that are out here trying to make it, trying to do their thing. That is the LA hustle and, and the grind. And you made the most out of it. You got really invested in it though. Like you really, you, you did a, a complete life transformation. Like you got into the gym and working out. It was slow though. This, this was? was not an overnight thing. This, this took some time. Mm. You know, I was still smoking weed and I was still eating right. crap food and drinking too many, too many beers and whatnot. But it was, a, you know, over the course of a year, I was like, I'm going to cut that out and I'm going to add more, more training, more running, more whatever I needed to do. And then, you know, uh, when we weren't on the lot anymore, we got kicked off the lot. Harlan went back to East End Management. He used to be on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. And so, you know, Harlan's looking all gorgeous and he's walking down the hall and there's Tom Petty coming the other direction. And he had a tour coming up about four months away. Tom sees Harlan. He goes, holy crap. He had a cigarette, of course, because Tom liked cigarettes. He said, Harlan, you look fantastic. I'm going on tour and, and I'm fat. Nobody likes a fat rocker. Verbatim, that's what happened. So Tom calls me. My roommate picks up the phone and he goes, it's no way it's Tom Petty. So he hangs up on Petty and Petty calls. <laughs> I think we got disconnected. And Bob goes, dude, I think this is Tom Petty. Well, give me the phone. Hello? I'm a friend of Harlan Goodman's and Tom Petty. Can you come to my house? I'm fat and I'm going on tour. Yes. Next day at his house, we put out the cigarette. We had a conversation. We figured out what he needed. We saw what the time frame was. Now, this is the first person I had ever trained. Well, Harlan, right? Because he was my boss and, and pal at that point. And so Tom was the first like big shot client. And I got him shredded, man. I mean, he's tearing, he's cutting the sleeves off his shirts. He's wearing vests without shirts. His voice wow. was better. Stamina was better. The tour was one of the best tours ever. Um, and then, I, and then I picked up. Uh, he called me over. He called me at my parents' house. It's <laughs> like Jeez. phone number. Hey, we're getting mad <laughs> again. My wife and I need you. Do you want to go on tour for three weeks? Yes, I do. Wow. So right. it's part of the New York, New Jersey, Long Island part of his tour. 
Madison Square Garden three nights in a row. We're in the laminate going anywhere I want, having a blast. And we would get up, he'd get up at 11 and then he'd, we'd work out and then he'd go to sound check and I'd follow him and it was awesome. And then wow. after that tour, the word got out and then Billy Idol called me, man, fantastic. What'd you do to Petty, mate? That's my, oh, wow. not very good. It's only English. I apologize. It's not too bad. So you just got celebrity clients, basically. It was rock and roll. Yeah. Shirley MacLaine, uh, Sean Connery. I mean, it was, it was my first client that was 5 a.m. And then I would go to 9 a.m. 9 p.m. Wow. Yeah. So that you is just amazing. Like you went from like zero to a thousand in like a five month period, it seems almost. Yeah. That's I mean, a, I didn't have to be a carpenter. Didn't have to do mime on the pier anymore to eat. Right. You know, how I, when I came to town, it was, you know, a lot of that looking right. for. <laughs> I've got so much respect for that. Like, Tony, you got to understand like that hustle is hard. Many people come here to do it and they, they can't, they can't like let down that ego and go mime at Santa Monica pier to eat yeah. and they give up on their dreams. So before we even get into the rest of your amazing life and story and journey, go you, that is just such an incredible quality and inspiring thing to hear. And I love that. That's very cool. Yeah, I just wasn't going to go home. I just wasn't, I wasn't, you know, everybody thought, well, I was going to go for the summer. The whole thing was a summer trip, you know, and then right. September came and I was still six credits short at the, at the University of Rhode Island. I thought, well, I got to go back and get my degree. And originally I was just going to go to Boston and wait tables. I was, I was a waiter forever and ever. Did, I did that every summer for years. And then my buddy called and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to Boston and wait tables. He goes, let's go. I'm going to LA. You want to come? I had $400, one, two, three, four. Ran out of money in Boulder. We got to Boulder. And I had, what did I pack? Some clothes, the white face, the black outfit with the vest and the hat. And down mm -hmm. it went on the ground in Boulder. And if you're a street performer in Boulder, you can make some money fast if you're any good. I made 125 bucks that day. Mm -hmm. Got me to Beach, California. And that's, you know, that's, and then the, the wow. whole summer was a whirlwind. You know what I mean? And then September came, are you coming home? Wow. Okay. I'll come home for the next semester and the next one. And the next one. Wait, so how old were you at this at this point? 22. You were 22, 22. years old. Yeah. So you had no family, no, not really anyone in, in one Los buddy, Angeles. Me and my buddy. Wow. And we painted houses. His we we sleep on his sister's uh living room floor for the whole summer in sleeping bags. That was it. And then her husband gave it, he was a real estate guy. He said, Hey, can you go paint this house? Sure. And we would just like there was a picnic table in the back of one of the houses in the backyard, filled with termites broken down and I'm a handyman. So I got some tools. I fixed it up. I lacquered the termites right into the damn tap. <laughs> We'd have people over and they'd go, dude, there's, there's insects in your table. Oh yeah. It's like, a right. piece of, right. no, I meant, I meant to do that. I put those <laughs> in there. That's, that's part of the charm. I'm really it's expensive. The new thing. <laughs> right. yeah. totally. And we would peruse the alleys for other furniture. Like, you know, those big wire spools. That was our, that was our, living room table and then there was couches and and, and mattresses and we just sprayed them with lysol and dragged them that's cool love that it's an incredible story hey girlfriends it's me carol fisher i'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of the girlfriends in season one we told you about the murder of gail katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend bob at one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. 
It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Tony, tell us. Sorry, we're, we go off on tangents, and then Randy's the yeah, one that, I, I uh, that wrangles us back in. I'm the wrong guy. I'm tangent man. So I get I, it. I'm yeah, the yeah. wrangler sometimes. Oh. So, I'll, Randy, I'll, good I'll luck. You've got three people that like to go totally. on tangents. Yeah. I, I wish you luck, my friend. Yeah, we're like, My I've got a story. Right Randy's now. like, shut squirrel. up. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, squirrel. I am Doug from Up. Trust so, me. talk us through this. So, I, I'm hearing that you've made your way through all these different routes and then now you're training all of these celebrity rock personalities and then p90x happens how did your life change from recording p90x to then you know six months into p90x what happened well there was the super poor me that was you know performing to feed myself and then there was that period where you know i you know, I was working retail stores and so that was a slight upgrade. And then, you know, this whole celebrity training thing started with Tom and, you know, I mean, it was Tom Petty, Billy Idol, 
Annie Lennox, Bruce Springsteen, and Stephen Stills Monday, Wednesday through Friday, you know, and then other ones would slip in. Mm. And there was that lifestyle. That was a big, I was fit. I had I had one gig. I didn't have to do all these other stuff. Even though I would occasionally, I would do this, this Oscar gig. I would stand on a stage frozen for an hour and a half holding the sword in a, in a spandex <laughs> outfit with just two little slits. You know, whatever. I paid pretty good money. Just whatever. I did these little odd wait, jobs. What, what, wait, what was that? As an Oscar statue? So there'd be like a there'd be like Kodak or or Xerox mm-hmm. or somebody all would get together and they would hire because I was a pantomime and I could I used to be in store windows and so it was the skin tight gold thing and I had the physique that was shaped like the Oscar and you would move until like about fifteen minutes and then the you know you would just turn your head and people would freak out thinking you were fake and that that was what I did so then that's um, so great. My, I was getting commercials and I was, I had little parts in movies. I was in last, last action hero with Schwarzenegger. I was, uh, you know, I did, I went to, I had a show on Playboy, the Playboy channel called Playboy 360. Me and. Oh, I remember that show. You do. I remember do. hearing about it. I remember me hearing and Tracy the Tweed, it ran for A friend people. told me about it. Yeah. 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 I mean, we were trying, we were trying to be uh, entertainment tonight, you know, but with, without the black lines across the. Right breasts and stuff and you know we're trying to be a, but it was really kitschy and we did these opening sketches and stuff i mean the, you know the writers got to know me and i would sing and i can't sing so that's why they would write these bits for me to sing <laughs> i was just so terrible and you know we had a lot of fun and and three camera show teleprompters and a co-host day one first day 23 takes for the opening segment i thought they're gonna just fire me i mean i didn't know how to go follow the lights then remember mm. my go to camera two back to her back to one and finish on three oh. mm-hmm. but what a great training ground and then i got a job with nordic track flying back and forth to to minneapolis and i was sort they're sort of a on-camera spokesperson for three or four years for various pieces of equipment and so i was that's how i was getting into that world and then um and then this who was guy- it that, who was it that reached out to you initially with with the idea for uh for that video for which one for p90x well there was a guy, Ben Vandebunt, who changed my life forever. So he, I was training Ben, and uh, he worked for a company called Guthy Ranker. And at that time, they were the biggest infomercial company yeah. in the country, massive. You know, they for had sure. all, all major shows. And, you know, we, we became pals. And he said, I want to, I want to, I'm bringing this guy in from Philly. His name is Carl Deichler. And he did eight minute abs. And he's mm-hmm. out of Philly. He's, this thing's really successful. It's very rare that you get a guy who's not an LA or New York guy who can pull off a, you know, something like that. So Carl started joining us in the workouts and Carl was working for Ben and doing infomercials that he hated. He was a fitness guy. And so he, he went to Ben and said, Hey, I want to use Tony and my girlfriend's trainer to do this thing called great body guaranteed. Can we borrow your editor editing bay? Can we borrow your cameras? Can we borrow all this stuff? And Ben's like, yeah, sure. Go for it. And so, you know, he paid me two grand and, uh, to make a long story good, the thing worked. And, um, which is rare. Like, you know, infomercials are tough. You, you try yeah. to make them and nine out of 10 fail because you're buying these wild spots and these national spots and you're spending 5K, 10K, 20K, 30 grand, 50 grand. And if it, you spend all that money and, and nobody buys it, you don't have, you, your investors are like, I'm out. You know what I mean? Right, so right. the thing worked and he's like, damn it, what, what do we do next? And so people stopped, started knocking on his door. And for me, it was just another gig, you know, whatever. I'm back to my training, training my celebrities. And he goes, I want to do another one. What's that thing that you do with Petty and Idol and Springsteen and all these guys? Can you, can you condense that without all the fancy equipment that they have and just do it with bands and dumbbells and body weight? I go, yeah, 
just give me like a month and I'll come up with the sequences. So Power 90, which a lot of people don't know about, was the precursor to P90X. And then I had a lawyer and then I got royalties and everything was legit all of a sudden. So I was getting a piece of the pie. And, and in the end, we sold about three, three to five million of those. I don't know where, where it is now. And, you know, I lived in the same apartment for 21 and a half years. I was 60K in debt because I was buying things I didn't need, you know, because I was getting some money from my celebrity clients. But I mean, the same apartment with a view of the same convalescent home with the same car that got broken into every couple of weeks. It was just, you know, whatever. It was better than, you know, doing mime on the pier for food. And this thing, when it, it, it flatlined forever, because most people are like, wow, six days a week and eating right? That's, I don't know. But there was that select few that went, that's legitimate and I want to do yeah. it. And so I started getting these royalty checks that were just like, you know, just crazy. They seem silly. Yeah. Silly. Yeah, like, this you know, is, this is a joke summer, check, right? But got out of debt, got out of the apartment, bought a nice four bedroom home with a view of the Hollywood sign and, and the hills and pretty groovy. I didn't have any money for furniture. Wow. So that was sort of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean you could you could refurbish whatever you found so it was yeah. fine yeah 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 the old stuff that i used to make didn't really quite fit in a new house um so then you know carl said what's what's the next thing let's let's make power 90 harder and i'm like dude you're never going to sell any of these and everybody over guthy rinker even ben and bill and greg rinker the big shots they've been doing this for years ago good luck with that and the american public's not not up for that they don't want to do that at home and so the cool thing was that I said, I want to hire my friends and I want to hire people from the test groups. And we had a discussion about what my persona should be on camera. And Carl just said, do you do you. Don't worry yeah. about being, with Nordic track, super stiff, power 90, kind of stiffish. But in P90X, I mean, they had to cut several times because I went overboard. Mm. It's mm. like too loopy, too crazy, too out of control. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, cut, cut, dude. It's not P silly X, bro. You got to tone it down. You know, the, the okra and the navy bean and don't smash your face and Baron backing up a pterodactyl. Like every time I did that stuff, I was waiting for cut. And I go, oh, okay, I'm still <laughs> ah, just pushing boundaries. I yeah, love it. It's like, nah. you know, I mean, I did stand up comedy for two years and my stand up was really irreverent, very physical. It was stuff that you probably can't even do anymore. So anyway, I borrowed. So you were like, fuck it. I'm going to use as much as yeah. I, as much as I can in this because I, I have I a platform to use it. And right. And if people who watched it, you guys included, felt like, hey, man, I feel like I'm part of this crew. I feel like, you know, he's giving me modifications. You know what I mean? I don't have to crush it. No, it's it's amazing, though. Like during, I mean, even now, I don't, I don't even want to say just during that time period. It's the personalities that sell the products. And it's, I I so remember the um the infomercials of you and just the energy you had and the physique you had and I was like oh my god I want to be that guy and then I got the DVD yeah. set and I was like I don't want to be that guy <laughs> this is, a lot this of is, that this guy. is way too much a like, lot you of them were on the shelf and then they came off the shelf and they went back on the shelf yeah, yeah totally yeah. And they would see friends of theirs like holy crap dude you did it you used yeah. to be yeah you stuck with it you got through it and look at you now. And that was, yeah. I mean, you know, according to whatever stats, like 12% of people who only the only ones that got through it all the way the first time, 12%. I bet. I, I get that. That's it was pretty really good though, intense. 12%. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. 
At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I've worked out my whole life. Like I've been active and I got that and I was like, no, this is, this is the next level. Like this is, I can't do this. I, I, I can't, I'm I mean, I'm disappointed level. in myself because I threw in the towel really prematurely on it. I should have given it a shot, but yeah. I didn't. And that's just something I'm going to have to live with, Tony. Well, I'm not trying to one up you here, Brian, but um, I made it through. I did it. Did you? You did the whole did. thing, Randy? I did not. Yeah. I Look did. You go. And um, of course you did. This makes sense. This you're not trying cool. to one up me. Of course you're trying to one up me and you just did, you bastard. <laughs> but here's oh. the thing. First of all, I felt that it was very much life-changing because I had never I gone to the gym and done weights. I was skinny, scrawny, small as a kid. And so I had I had weightlifted on and off and done things for years, but by the time P90X reached me, 
I was at my second stage of like going through addiction and finishing mm. that and coming out of that into, okay, who am I going to be? And I'm going to, I want to feel healthy. I want to look healthy. And P90X was huge for me because it was a way to do it. I could follow along. It was, you know, hearing you have this spark and this aliveness and this energy while not taking things too seriously. And, you know, it, it sort of gave me this, hey, every morning I'm going to do this thing. And you put up a pull-up bar and, you know, you do some pull-ups. And the more you do, the the stronger you feel. And you can see your improvement. I mean, that was the biggest thing with P90X is I didn't, I didn't uh, fill out some of the cards, but I had people like, I started with two pull-ups and I'm doing eight. And so people were feeling better about themselves within a week, within two weeks. Mm -hmm. And that instant gratification worked for so many people. It certainly worked for me, but it trained me to become aware of moving my body in such a way made me feel more present. It helped my nervous system to regulate, to depress it just so, so I wasn't feeling as anxious and I was more calm. And it's like, you were training me, I get that. Yeah. you know, but you were, you were training me. And I imagine so many people had that same um, experience. I mean, you must've heard lots of stories. What was it like for people coming up to you, just sharing their life-changing moments with you? Well, there's no, ways to figure out how to, how to go from being completely unknown to being quasi famous you know i mean i you know i always i always joke around and say that i'm a c minus celebrity you know but uh, but you know at the peak it was every everywhere all the time you know okay. I, I might have been a politician in a past life but i just love it when people come and say, like your story right now man i feel that i mean i there's a i get a little i could tell watching you i could i could see it I get on your chills, face because you're transformed, dude. You're in a place of tremendous struggle and you use physical activity not to only change the, your appearance, which is what a lot of people do. They do it because of their ego and they care too much about what they think other people think of them as opposed to just the experience, being in the moment, being present, like being calm. Like, because you read John Rady's book, Spark, and you know uh, others that have written books about physical activity on, on your mental and emotional and even spiritual state, it's mind mind bending what happens. You're releasing norepinephrine and dopamine and serotonin and brain derived neurotropic factor and all these cannabinoids that are happening inside your temporal lobe and hippocampus and stuff. And it's miracle growth for the brain and it, it, it gives you energy and it calms you down at the same time and it helps you be present. It helps you solve problems. It helps you be more creative. It helps you be more patient, more understanding. It slows down the aging process. It really is. It's life changing. And it, the only thing is that I mean, I wish the book that I wrote, The Big Picture, had accompanied P90X more. If they had read the book and done, yes. done the program, they would have understood the process better and to be more patient. Don't judge it so much and understand that it's a struggle. Like nobody complains about going from first grade to second to third to fourth and fifth all the way through high school. But they want to get ripped in four weeks. Like, come on, man. You know what right. I mean? School, you're sitting on your ass and you're hopefully paying attention. Exercise, you're pushing and pulling and squatting and lunging and ab and whatever it is. And that's a lot of people don't like being outside of their physical, you know, comfort zone, especially the yoga. Everybody skipped the damn yoga because it was it forced them to be in the moment. It forced them to be patient. It forced them to work on their weaknesses. And people that I'm a boxer. I want to box. I'm an elliptical person. I want to do that. I want to, you know, uh, and my the reason why there were 12 routines instead of six, which was what Carl originally wanted, I said, no, man, we got to throw the world at him because the, the boredom and the plateau is that are, are 
and injuries that are caused from doing the same crap over and over again, expecting a different result. I mean, a lot of people, there's a lot of programs still, no one has ever done some version of P90X. It's, I'm like, why haven't you ripped me off yet? Because you're boxing only or your Pilates only or your yoga only is only only going to give them so much. Mm. But if you really want to see results in a reasonable period of time, look at me, I'm just going and going. Somebody I should, love it. No, no, no. no this is good. I love your story, dude, is, is I'm like getting chills now because you're a different, better man. You have slowed yes. down the aging process. You have reversed the aging process. It's not about bicep size and how much you bench and all that bullshit that too many, and, and, and your reflection in the mirror and your dress sizes, that's ephemeral garbage that only takes you so far. But if you want this lifestyle to go on to the day you friggin' die, then you move your ass as much as you eat and you breathe and you work and you pay your bills. It has to happen all the time. So is that is that why you think that like in New Year's resolutions, so many people, their number one resolution is to get in better shape, but they're getting into it for the wrong reasons. They're, they're not going into it going, I'm ready to make a life change. They just look in the mirror and they go, I want bigger biceps or I want well, the ones, to fit. The ones that succeed are the ones fail. The ones that fail are missing basically four things. Their, their purpose sucks. All right. They don't have a plan. They don't have any kind of accountability. Mm. and they're not patient they're not they don't understand that this is going to take time just like it did going through school so my mm. my purpose is i'm a skier so this morning i got up and i skied as fast and as hard as i could down the steepest scariest shit i could mm. and i'm 65 and i can do that better now than i could even five years ago you're 65 65 i'm sorry yeah you're 65 <laughs> hold on a second i got sunblock on that's why i look a little pale but otherwise dude you you look amazing you look i need like that sunblock whatever that like sunblock is it's crazy <laughs> get me that sunblock is that a prescription <laughs> that sunblock that's crazy right yeah I, is that way, over the counter or do i have to know somebody to get that and, sunblock? and crappy lighting so i, I thank, you, thank you all so wait me. let's go over this again your purpose sucks. So purpose has to be number one. Can you say a little bit more about that? Um, do it because it improves the quality of the day. Do it because it improves what's happening inside of your mind. Do it because of all the reasons I, I explained before. There's a myriad, a cornucopia, a panoply of things that improve in your life that moment you do it. When you do yoga and you're lying in Shavasana, you're a completely different person physically, mentally, emotionally, biologically, psychologically than you are with a person who blew it off. Mm. All right. And so you want to keep building on that, mm. right? That's, that's your purpose. Like I want to ski hard. If your purpose is only about aesthetics and measurements and weight, then it, it, it long, it maybe if you have a massive ego and you care about those things 24 seven to the day you die, well, then maybe you'll stick with it. Right. It's never going really to last long. Get out in the world and you want to get on your, you want to go to Italy and you want to ride your bike on the Appian way that Caesar built. Right. And you want to, you want to be on top or you can be in your car far away, taking photos of it. You, you know what I mean? It, mm. Right. Size does is, especially if you have a lot of combination of different things, it, it improves your athleticism. It helps you with the hand-eye coordination. It helps you with your balance. Um, it helps you with just enjoying experiences that are around the world that you get to enjoy, even as you get to 65, 70, 75 and beyond. And most people my age, a lot of my peers, I went to high school and college, they're done. They're not riding bikes. They're not skiing anymore. They're, they're living through their kids and grandkids at this point. And right. I don't hate I don't have those. So it's just me and my wife charging at full speed. And so that just gives you like, that's your story. Your story is the person who got in shape and now is taking the advantage of that and going and doing things that you would have never done otherwise. All right. And that's my purpose. It can be something that has nothing to do with your ego or your aesthetics. Erase those two and get busy because you're going to start seeing and being part of some cool things. Right. And then consistency mm -hmm. is, is number two. 
Consistency is just knowing that this has to happen as much as you breathe and as much as you eat and as much as you go to work and as much as you do everything else. Because everybody else, they're surviving when, without exercise and a decent diet. They're just getting by. And then eventually from 30 to 35 to 40, it starts to go off the cliff. And then their world gets smaller and smaller and smaller because they just mm. eat decent food and they couldn't move their ass. They didn't know. And th those things are hard. Sh shit that's hard gives you a life. Shit that's easy can destroy your life. So, you know, that's it. So you got your purpose, consistency. And then your plan is what are you going to do and when are you going to do it? Like if you wake up and go, yeah, I got to do yoga today. I don't know what time. And I don't know. Then there's, you know, there's no way. I know exactly what I'm going to do and when I'm going to do it every day. And I announce it to the world, my assistant, my wife, everybody. I say between hour A and hour B, don't bother me because that's chest and back. Between on Friday at 9 a.m. To, to 1030, that's yoga. Sorry, that's where it is. And when it's already locked in, you've made an appointment with, with yourself to improve your life, which, inher which inevitably ends up improving everybody's life around you because you're an example of somebody who's living large. You know what I mean? Making an appointment with yourself. I just love that. Wait, I just want to point that yeah, out for a second. Okay. Making an appointment with yourself to better yourself. I freaking love that phrasing. And I think that's something that's easily digestible and powerful for someone to go, yeah, I'm going to make an appointment with myself. I love that. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate because I know like sort of in, in a lot of the things that I talk to people about and they're like, oh, well, you know, I have the family and I'm busy and I don't necessarily have all the time. That's bullshit. My friend, Tracy Murrow, uh, four of her own kids and two kids adapted for Africa. One of them's a, one of them's a, a special needs kid. She mm -hmm. got all her workouts in because she knew that if she found that half an hour, I mean, with P90X3 was a half an hour. If you don't have a half an hour, you don't care. Get up a, a half hour earlier or go to bed a half hour later. I can tell you dozens of stories of people who used to think that, hey, man, you don't know what I got three jobs. And, and for a lot of people, their life is very, very complicated and it's super, super hard. But anybody can get on the deck and do 10 push-ups and do jumping jacks for, for a minute and then do like 12 crunches and then do eight squats and repeat that four times, five times, whatever they want to do. Right. Right. It takes 15 minutes, but people don't even know to do that. Right. I mean, the I can't blah, blah, blah is just an, an excuse not to want to live better. You know. So There's then it leads to the other one you said, right? Accountability. How do you, do you recommend that someone has like an accountability buddy or this is something you just have to have for yourself? Well, I mean, there are a lot of people who lived in Minnesota who got up at 4.30 in the morning and went down in their 58-degree basement and did yoga or plyometrics by themselves and then got up and fed their kids and went to work. These are superheroes. I don't know. There's a lot of people like that. Mm -hmm. like there's, a, there's a gal, Kathy. She was five foot tall. She was 210 pounds. She did power 90. Her husband was against all of it. Like, why are you doing this? You're not spending enough time with me. This is who you are. That's your genetics. Well, you know, you try all these different diets and programs and none of them work. I mean, she was hammered by this guy and she just did it anyway because she believed in it. Couldn't do a single push-up. Couldn't do one. She was a, she was a um, legal assistant, legal secretary, and she had to get on a bus to go to work for an hour. Right. So she just got up an hour earlier, went down in her basement kind of meandered away through power 90, couldn't do most of the exercises. She did it. So it's three months. She did it once, twice, three times, nine months in, she already, she lost like 40 pounds. And then her, her husband's now going, now all you care about is your looks and your fitness and you're leaving me out. What am I? I mean, what a, she would tell wow. me that, like, let me yeah. go to your house and just pound on this guy. Yeah. Then she bought P9. She, she saw it was a pull-up bar. Like, what is he out of his mind? Pull-ups. 
I Beachbody hired her for a gig. So she did her three, she did her three times power 93 times P90X. And I don't know the fitness models from the people who had done the program. I'm just walking into the room and I see this girl and she looks like a gymnast. She's jacked abs, shoulders, striations everywhere, vascular. And I go, wow, where'd they find you? Holy smokes. You are. She goes, well, I'm one of the contestants that, that won the chance to be in this infomercial with you. And then she shows me her before picture. Tells me the wow. story, no push-ups. And then on the set, she knocks out 12 pull-ups. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, I just watched it go. That's so impressive. And Incredible. so, yeah. And I mean, you can have those excuses until you don't. Yeah. And I don't know what sparked her. I, I can't remember what was the thing that just said, I'm tired of being this person. And she just turned. Mm. And then I asked her if she divorced her husband. No, she didn't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't answer that question, but she was in all of my videos from that point forward. Inspiring. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. 
oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think something that I certainly have a lot of people write me about are health issues, lots and lots of health issues. And I, I really want to talk about this in a moment because what you're doing now, you know, mm -hmm. working out for hormone, I think this is really, really important. But a lot of people say, I, I can't do this because of health reasons. And there's an idea that they have. And maybe some people can't do exercises to the degree that they need to. But I want to ask you about your health journey because for you, right. you're this fit guy, larger than life, huge personality, you know, sort of like king of the world, doing well. And then you get hit with Ramsey Hunt syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I saw pictures of you in a wheelchair and, you know, you looked kind of gaunt and skinny and the, the P90X guy that I knew, it's, you seemed very different then. Oh, I was very different then. Uh, yeah. uh, um, and I, I had shingles in my ear. And then, you know, the, the, there's all these nerves that, that affect your sight, your smell, your taste, and your balance that are directly in here. And so if you're going to get shingles, um, that's not where you want it. It's the very last place. So only you had shingles nowhere else on your body, but your ear, uh, and it paralyzes. They get it on their neck, they get it on their back, they get it on their forehead, they get, on their, they get it around their eyes. There's all kinds of places to get shingles. It's just the chicken pox virus that's been living in your body forever. And it usually happens for older folks that are dealing with stress. And at that time, there was configuration of many things that, that were going on. But for me, Beachbody was, uh, Beachbody and I were coming to an end unexpectedly. Um, after 20 years of service, they just, you know, bottom line is they just didn't want to pay me what I thought I deserved at that point. You know, I won't get into it, but it was not a good time for me. And then, uh, and then there was the Vegas shooting and I knew people that were there. And just hearing their stories of dodge, dodging bullets and watching people die left and right. Uh, just, uh, and then Tom Petty yeah. died. So contract negotiations, Vegas shooting, Petty. God, my ear feels weird. And then all of a sudden these sores pop up and I didn't take care of it right away. I didn't, I just thought I, my, my wife thought I was having a stroke because I couldn't really walk right. And then I got Bell's palsy so that I, and that I couldn't eat. And then, you know, a week later, uh, I ended up at the ER and the, the, the admitting doctor is Googling my symptoms and he goes, oh, I think you got something called Ramsey Hunt syndrome. Google. Uh, oh my God. Google. I'm ER. Google diagnosed you. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they couldn't figure it out because it's so rare. One in a hundred thousand people get, who get shingles get Ramsey Hunt syndrome because it doesn't. Wow. Um, so we're a part of a very small group. Uh, about a year out of commission, the first three months were were abject hell. Just all I did was sleep, eat Rice Krispies, drink shakes, vomit. I vomited five, six, seven times a day for three months. Oof. I couldn't keep phone and I, I couldn't turn my head. So I'd have to. Did you have vertigo from it also? Yeah, I, I had is that... um, bilateral vestibular hypofunction. Vertigo is this. Right. Ramsey Hunt syndrome is this. It's like okay. Parkinson's is what it is. Okay. And so it's really hard. Like if I turn my head, you know, I, I would throw up. So I, I'd have mm. to walk 
That's why you would just lay in bed, stare at the ceiling. And yeah, I had, I had vertigo. I was bedridden for like three months. I couldn't lift my head up off the pillow without throwing up. Oh, so I, you know. I threw up about 17 times a day. It was terrible. Wow. Terrible. And you didn't have any sort of, you had no shingles anywhere. It was just, it just. No, I, so I went from that. I went through a whole neurological thing that took me out for about four and a half years. I had to recover from, um, ended up being dietary, ended up being, uh, gluten and dairy and things that were causing all this internal inflammation. Probably that I had no idea that I had. Bowel syndrome, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Oh, all sorts of things, which is why now, um, why speaking to you and really being on this quest of like, you know, I'm drinking my, uh, my colostrum water right now. And I had my, I had my, uh, <laughs> my mushroom coffee in the, or tea in the morning. And, you know, I'm like really trying to, uh, just kind of turn it all around and, and get back into That's, like really good physical fitness and diet and all I mean, that. A lot of people, cause I'm, I'm 50. You, well, there you go. You're what you're walking the same path as me, my friend. It's my time. Yeah. And you look 47, which is incredible, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, by Wait the way, a second. Can I said mid 30s to you? Come on now. <laughs> no, uh, no, but you easily look 15 years younger than you are. So that's a, that's we're moving in the right direction. And a lot of people would run to their pharmacist and their doctor to you know throw me some pills so I can take right. care. Right. Yeah. You know, people don't want to change their diet. They don't want to start moving physically. They don't want to get their blood work done. You know what I mean? They don't. They don't want to buy a foam roller. They don't. They don't want to get an infrared sauna. I mean, like all that recovery stuff is, is you know, uh, ice cold baths now and all that. All these different things are, are, are really important. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, was, uh, what's his name? Who plays for the Lakers? Uh, James LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron, every, hour, yeah. every hour he's either playing or training, he takes two hours of recovery. That's why he's still able to do what he's doing. It's that recovery time. It's that downtime. It's that meditation. He's got his own meditation app. I mean, the guy's just way ahead of the curve. Then calm, right? Is kids, that they're just playing and partying? You know what I mean? And and they burn out. Yeah. So you know better. So what was right. the recovery like for right, you from Ramsey Hunt syndrome? Well, you know, a lot of time spent at the otorhinolaryngologist, ear, nose, and throat, folks, and then a lot of tinctures and kind of different kind of proteins and. And just hanging in there, you know, I remember when I had the, the Bell's palsy, I went in, and I, you know, not a good look for on-camera folks. And uh, he says, yeah, I mean, that could be permanent. So you're just going to have to live with it. And so nobody had a real strategy mm -hmm. for me. I would go to, I would go to these rehab where I would walk on a straight line and they put these crazy wallpaper on. So I would have to look at the wallpaper and I would get on BOSU balls and various things that would sort of help with my proprioceptive issues um, and then I just said, Hey, look, dude, you, you know what brung you. So get back in the gym and see what you can do. I remember the first time I walked on my treadmill for five minutes and then I got off and I threw up and then I sat in a chair for three hours. <laughs> I sat in a couch for three hours because I was so crushed and I tried to get in and I could do like eight push ups for somebody. I you know, I've been able to do 110 in a row. Mm -hmm. but, um, so it was just like, Oh, in, in my mind, it was like, this is going to suck. It's going to take some time, but just notice the improvements. Like five turned to eight, eight turned to nine, you know, 15 pound dumbbells turned to 20, 25, 30. Um, and this all started about the six month period. Like for the first three months, forget it. Couldn't move. Nothing. And then little it bits and pieces. And then my own rehab and then the other rehab and the Bell's palsy eventually went away. And I could smile and laugh. I mean, I honestly, all I did was just throw up and weep. I just put my head in my wife's lap and because I just thought this is the end, you know, 
but but I, I've always had I've been an optimistic person even when I was a kid and I was you know I was being beat up with my speech impediment and all those different things I always felt like there was going to be it was going to turn out okay of course it was you know pretty horrible and then it got pretty crazy and then I had this crash and I knew I could make my way back again yeah. you did you knew you you had the mindset I just I, I, really- I, I had to I I had to but I mean you know I knew what physical activity does to not only my physique but all aspects of who I am, you know, especially br- my brain, you know, my brain was, was fried. The nerves were fried. And so I was pumping blood into my, not in my body, carbon, you know, oxygen in carbon dioxide out. And I knew that was going to mm-hmm. be cleanse, right? All these cells that were just all these nerve cells that were fried. And a lot of people say, you know, you know how long skin takes, you know, how long bones take, you know, how long these different things take. And then you talk to a doctor and they'll go nerves. I don't know. Never some five months, two years, you know, my vestibular stuff, my balance stuff, still deal with it almost seven years later. Still. Oh, really? I, it, this is so, this sounds so familiar to me. Like I went, I had to do physical therapy, speech therapy. I, I, um, I shuffled like I was 90. I, I couldn't read. I couldn't write. I couldn't move the right. I couldn't, I had no full extension of muscles or limbs or any of that. Um, and I remember on a daily basis, I, I knew, I mean, I had intense brain fog, but I knew, um, okay, I'm either going to try and like find the, find the way to be as positive and optimistic about this as possible, or I'm going to let the fact that this is undiagnosed and nobody has a specific plan or it can guarantee me any sort of effect either way, uh, I'm going to let that bring me down. And I chose, thank God, I chose the the higher one and, uh, and you know, tried to stay as positive about life as I could. But that was absolutely the scariest thing that I've ever gone through. Undiagnosed things. Your attitude, dude, was was priority one for you to come back you know like i do these i do these tony talks every tuesday night on instagram and next week is all about attitude it's all about attitude how you deal with fear how you deal with anxiety you know how you deal with judgment you know fear anxiety anger all these you know this that sort of energy that you have but it's like if if you know you can't get fit and healthy and happy and motivated and fired up and, and make it less about you and other people. If that's the state you're in all the time, like you would have never recovered if it was just like, what was me? You know, you would have yeah. same thing with me. Like there, I think a lot of the people that suffer from what I've suffered from, you know, their glass was half empty before they got it. And so now it's totally empty. You know what I mean? And they have no idea how to fill it back up. How about for you though, coming from the world where you were and being in the shape that you were to have such a rapid decline I I can't imagine how scary that was to go through. I mean, that's for me. It was like I'm an actor. Like if I can't read, if I can't be on camera, if I can't do, then what? I I grew up playing drums. I couldn't sit behind a drum set and even fucking hit a drum. Like I couldn't find it with the sticks. I could. Like, there was everything that I knew about myself that was my identity up until that point, or I thought was my identity. I couldn't do. So then it was like, okay, what is my identity now? Like, my guess, who am I, with all of that stripped away, who who do I want to fucking be now? You know? My my guess is though that you're a better man because of it. Oh, ab- absolutely. I remember going through it thinking, like, what fucking purpose is this going to serve? 
like I'm always, I really try when I go through tough things in life to find the silver lining and find uh, the the positivity in all of it and know like, oh, this is happening for the greater good and I'm amazing things. But that was one of those things in life where I was like, what fucking purpose is this serving? And now looking back on it, God, that was the catalyst for so much change in my life. Um, just as far as like really uh, losing a lot of my insecurities and my things and like really being happy with myself and proud of myself and wanting to uh, finding more compassion with people and being more empathetic. And just, I completely changed as a person at that point, because I was like, if I can fucking make it through this, I can make it through anything. Mm -hmm. Nothing, nothing scares me now. I can fucking deal with anything. Yeah. You know, one of the things too, for me was, was surrounding myself. I mean, my wife was a godsend. I mean, she, she without her, but I had a lot of people that came to my rescue who were just, you know, they were like showing up with all kinds of crazy ginger cayenne tinctures or whatever, whatever, mm -hmm. like this or drink that, you know, and, and I, I was, I was lucky because I was always pretty good at surrounding myself with, with really, really upbeat, positive, funny. I mean, most of my friends, yeah, I would say are actors and comics. Mm -hmm. I mean, like my, like when you come to my workouts, it's just a, we, we laugh our ass off the camaraderie and the, I mean, there's a little mild competitiveness too. You're like, Oh, what'd you just lift? It was at 35. So I'd be grabbing the forties punk ass, you know? right, okay. <laughs> um, whatever it is. And it's just that, like when you, when you've got that, you know, if you've got a lot of finger pointers and naysayers and wannabes and angry and frustrated people in your life and you're going through hell, well then where you, you know, where's that, where's that, that good energy, you know, coming from. And then the other, the other one is movement. I, I knew that if I just moved somehow, some way, you know, I can't compare the past to the present because the present sucks. So, you know, I'm going to have to start all over again, but I just know that basic movements, whatever they are, whether kind of a lunge, whatever kind of walking on a treadmill, whether it's just, you know, knocking out a few pushups as opposed to saying, I, you know, I'm never going to be like I was. Well then, you know, now I'm in a lot of respects, stronger and fitter and faster and more flexible than I've ever been in my life because of what I went through, because of what you right. went through, same thing. And that's, right. you know, a lot of people get kicked in the ass like that. And then that's it. It's all downhill. And it's too bad that that happens to them. All right, everybody, that is all we have for you today because our chat with Tony was so awesome. There is so much more for you to listen to. So make sure you tune in on Thursday for part two. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, you guys are amazing. Make sure you guys go and follow us on Instagram at, at oldishpod. And you can also go and leave us a message at our own hotline, which is 855-OLDISH-3. Make sure and write us a review. Leave us five stars if you loved it. Leave us five stars if you didn't. We it love helps. five stars. We love five stars. Yeah, we like five stars. Time. Yeah. See you All next right. week. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you next week, everyone. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. 
like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.